1: Welcome back to Why Though. We are so thrilled to have you guys joining us yet again on a Thursday at the end of the year. I want to know if you guys have seen that meme. It has changed on the month side repeatedly, but it's basically like a guy running and it says me trying to process March 2020 and then (laughs) behind him is another guy running and it says me It says 2022 in two months. And so I feel like that's been all of 2021. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm still trying to process what happened last year. And now here we are at the end of the year. And I don't even know how to reflect. I don't even know how to think about the year. I don't even know what day it is, what time it is, what's happening on earth, because it's been a lot. So have y'all
0: seen that meme? Listen, Abercrombie, listen. When I saw that, I said truer words. True words never spoken, and I love that it's the Avengers because that's just fun. But I also want to say that 2021—I mean, I know I feel this way. I'm fairly confident a lot of people feel this way. It was just doing the work without any like any reward. <laughs> Like just working your butt off and you're like, well, hope this pays off at some point. I don't know. That's what I feel like this whole year has been just hard work and plowing and plowing and plowing and believing that there might be an emotional, spiritual, relational, social, professional harvest at some point. Maybe that's two vulnerable people, but there you go, 2021 in a nutshell. And there, it's the last two months. And like you, Ashley, I mean, you regularly know, I don't know what day it is because you'll be like, oh, it's Thursday, I'm gonna send you this, this and this. And I'm like, so it's not Tuesday. I now know that it's not Tuesday because you just told me what day it
1: is. Right, and sometimes it'll get to Thursday and you know, Thursday's our big release day. And I'm yeah. like, girl, yeah. I don't have not a graphic insight cause I don't even and know what God, the day I do not is. Care.
2: <laughs> I, I
1: don't know what the day is. Can you just make no. a video for your people and tell them yeah that we released today.
0: <laughs> tell them tell them what we released. Who even knows? But we released something and we showed up and we've been faithful for three years, people. And I know you listening because we see you all listening. We see you all. We, we are very hey, grateful. You know
1: what? Another thing that we feel like has really been a big deal the last couple of years, especially in our you know, all the changes we felt in the global pandemic. We have Mm -hmm. seen, you know, people's political beliefs on front street in a way that we either appreciated or really didn't appreciate. We've seen, you know, us go into lockdown. Schools have changed. Some parents have made the decision to homeschool. Some people who were in school are no longer in school. Some people who weren't in school went to school. People had job changes. People lost jobs. And I feel like the last couple of years has been one string of things after another. And one area I think that Tiffany and I, we love to talk about, but then also that we've seen significant amounts of changes for nearly every person in our life is this area of friendship. And, you know, we we brought on today for you guys a person that we both love, Miss Andy Andrew, and she okay. just wrote an incredible book about friendships. And we're not just bringing her on because of this book, although we definitely that's going to be our hard hitting topic today is all about friendship, but also because Andy is a mom of four. She's written a billion books. It feels like she preaches all over the world and is, is centered and based in New York City, has a powerful story of redemption, especially the restoration that she's experienced with her own parents and of healing and deliverance. And I just felt like, man, Andy and this topic of friendship, and I remember Tiffany saying when she posted about Andy's book that a bunch of you in her in her in, in her direct messages on Instagram had comments that that felt like something you needed, and we wanted to respond mm-hmm. to that need by having mm-hmm. a conversation today about friendship because we know that everybody's trying to navigate maybe what used to be clear waters and is now murky waters.
0: <laughs> yeah. What a great way to say it, Ashley! Wow, uh, truly, Andy. When I when I posted about your book. My DMs blew up with people just saying this this either was a trigger or this was a pain point, and I don't even know where to start, and man, I really need a guide, so thank you. And so it is just, I think as you, <laughs> like you said, Ashley, we've all been through it, and friendship looks different, especially as people's private beliefs um, became public, and there's assumptions we had about people we knew really well that we found maybe weren't true. And so here we are. Here we are, folks. <laughs> Andy.
2: Tell us something beyond the bio, mostly about your curly hair. Please tell us <laughs> about, cr- about your curly you hair. You guys, I love you guys so much. And I just want to honor you both. And thank you for always going there and talking about like literally all the things, the the things that we don't always know how to talk about. So thank you for paving a way in so many different ways. So I love you guys. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So my hair, my curly hair. Uh, what do you want to know? Like, well, I... let's be real. You posted that fab.
0: Y'all go find Andy on the Instagram <laughs> because she did a hair tutorial. Like, she's. A twenty-five year old
2: YouTuber and you I've guys, watched it six times. It was embarrassing though. Did you feel like I started I doing needed this. it. I, I bought a few of the products. You did? Okay, good. Yeah. Because I'm like, hey, I'm in my forties. This feels awkward. I don't no. know why I'm doing this. Because Ashley, wasn't it you that posted that a reel of that, that artist that was like artists trying to make reels and she yes. was crying? <laughs> she and that she was crying name. the whole time. <laughs>
0: yes oh my it's gosh. So that's how
2: I feel too I'm like can't we just like be old and just see each other and have old conversations I think that's part of the problem and where this book comes in too but you know yeah oh my gosh yeah. but yeah so um I just I am so grateful and I thank you for having me on for this book though
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah we need it well, well tell us where did this come from where, where did this idea come from I feel like it's um it's so different than your previous releases and your previous public work. I would love to know where this idea came from and and why why does it matter right now?
2: So yeah, the inspiration for this book uh, was really hard won. I was in a place about five years ago where, honestly, the relationships around me, my friendships with adult women were totally falling apart and I had like it felt like friendship breakup after friendship breakup after friendship breakup and I was like where is a resource that helps me navigate how to walk this through because I don't know what to do here and yeah I I was leading and still am but leading a a church at the time in New York City and I realized that I had some serious issues when it came to relating to women and self-protection and And the kicker for me was when my best friend of 20 plus years, I mean, I've known her longer than I have known my own husband, was when she really got to a point where she was kind of fed up with some of my cycles and there was like this major separation between us. Now, I'll say this in hindsight, I write about her. So uh, she has given me permissions to tell our story and we have reconciled, which is not necessarily the case with every friendship that kind of falls Mm -hmm. apart or burns to the ground. And so when I was in that season about five years ago and very publicly walking through a few things with different women in my world, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, You know, Andy, you are the common denominator in every relationship that you're in. And so that hit me really hard. And I realized that I the the first thing and really the only thing that I could do in that moment besides trying to make amends and walk in reconciliation was first take ownership from my issues and my heart. And so that's what kind of took me on a journey about five years ago to figure out what the heck is wrong. (laughs) Like what is going on? And and really, um, I don't know if you guys want me to go into a little bit of chapter one, but that's really where it kind of hit me, which... If you get the book, it, it starts, chapter one is called The Woman Wound. And I really go there with the issues that I had with my mom because I think a lot of times we will talk about maybe the issues that we had with our father or lack thereof, but um, not often or Not in many places did I find that that was talked about where how does your relationship with your mother or lack thereof and the type of relationship you had with her affect you in positive and negative ways. And I realized I learned a lot of codependency from that relationship. And that was where a lot of breakdown was happening in my relationships with women around me. So that's kind of where it started. And then we find, you know, the journey to writing a book is always longer than like, here's a great idea. I don't want to really write anything if I haven't at least carved it out and lived it, um, and got my butt kicked a little bit as I've lived it so I can Mm -hmm. help other people. So, yeah,
0: I first, thank you for your honesty on that. I think the mother wound is so rarely addressed and how it affects how we see ourselves and other women. And I think, like you said, it's, it's often a trauma response of how we'll engage friendships based on our first female friendship with our own mother. That's a, that's a valuable insight that I think is often overlooked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And do you mind, I just want to share one thing that I think might be helpful was for me, what that looked like is I had this beautiful mother who now I know in hindsight, and like Ashley alluded to, we have a very reconciled relationship that we've worked on very hard. And, um, back in the day when I was little, I just remember she would share things with me that were too heavy for me to carry, to fix Uh, and they were weighty and it was about her marriage and difficult, very difficult emotional things. So I started to carry those things for her and, and it was all through my upbringing into high school and even early married years where I started to go, this feels like a violation of boundaries in a way that I didn't even know I should have had them. So yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't know. And so then you carry what I didn't realize is I carried that into my friendships is that whether that was women that needed me to help them with something or had unspoken expectations or unmet needs of me, um, I would go, yeah, sure. I'll carry that for you. I'll carry that for you until I realized that I was creating these codependent cycles and then really creating a Messiah complex. And I did not do a great job of being the Messiah and (laughs) and relationships would fall to the ground and and so it was like I was trying to get another hit from someone who would see me or love me because I had this need, this insatiable need to be seen. But also I had this insatiable uh, cycle that I was walking in to carry stuff for other people. And it was just a disaster until I started to really own it and heal from it. So that's what I really realized. Mm.
1: And when the relationships that you decided like, okay... I feel like now that I'm starting to resolve personally, as you thought that to yourself, I'm starting to resolve with my mom and starting to see the root of some of these issues in my adult female friendships. How did you determine what relationships you wanted to move forward in and what relationships you realized actually were done here? And how did you yeah, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, how did yeah. you make that transition and what did that journey looked like, look like for you?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that is such a good question. And I actually once again i just want to thank you ashley because i feel like i was able to learn a lot from you and still do learn so much from you in what that looks like and you kept pushing me back to read like go back to the boundaries books go back to you know what i mean go back because a lot of is a staple in my home because honestly he is and i think (laughs) don't we throw that word out though we throw the word out boundaries all the time but we don't actually understand what it means unless we go dive deep and read it so i just highly recommend any cloud henry like cloud and townsend books but For me, what happened was, okay, so with with Tanya, that was like a 20 plus year friendship. And I went, okay, first of all, I'm a fool. I can't believe like she set such a hard line here with me. Of course, I wanted to blame her for everything. But the Lord is like, point the finger back at yourself and figure out your issues first. And so what ended up happening with her, which I went, okay, I do want to work to reconcile this is there was reciprocity in the relationship. She wanted to reconcile, too. And so because of that, what I, I knew is even though it was very difficult, I remember our first meal where we decided to sit back down together. And we really had to make our expectations known and what we were willing and not willing to do to rebuild our friendship. So I think the first thing I would say is if there is reciprocity, if the if both parties are willing to carry their side and own their side of things, but then also be honest with, hey, this is where you hurt me and walk in forgiveness and and you're willing to work it out and rebuild something. I think the the places where I went, you know what? I think this is done or this is no longer a safe relationship where was where there was no ownership on the other end because that was my codependent issue so if someone said this is your fault i'd go you're right it is and my husband would just look at me and be like are you crazy like that's not your that, that's you actually didn't do that i'm like i didn't that's not mine to fix or carry he's like absolutely not so i actually it was like this part of me that I... Ooh, it makes me want to cry right now. Like I just I just needed some solid people in my world that would go, I need you to look in the mirror. I need you to own your stuff. Ooh, sorry guys. Oh, <laughs> um, nice. But I think the, the parts that were the most difficult were the ones where the other party wasn't willing to come to the table and own yeah. their side of things. And that's where I had to go, wow, this is done And I'm devastated. And then I had to walk through the grieving process and then truly know what healthy boundaries were to put into place and say what I was willing and not willing to do. And so, yeah, I I don't know if that helps, but those are kind of the ways that even still to this day that I have to weigh things up um, so that I don't sit there and carry everybody else's stuff for them or get in unhealthy cycles because, um, it actually does a disservice to even your friend if you start carrying their stuff for them instead of helping them to learn how to own their own stuff and take it before God to heal. So yeah. (laughs) I think
0: identifying how we... What role we play in a relationship is so much harder than we could ever imagine yeah. <laughs> because so much of it is subconscious and so much of it is formed in our family of origin that we're like, this yes. is who I am. This is how I operate. Yeah. And when it's masked as almost a gift, a skill like, oh, no, I can't help carry other people's things that can be looked <laughs> at as like a as a personal ministry, if you will, whether you're in you know public ministry or not. Like, no, this is who I am. This is how The Lord's wired me rather than like this is going to kill me. This is going to be so heavy and weigh me down and I'm going to get in these cycles where I'm just worn out and exhausted and I'm not realizing that I might be propelling this problem. So I think the value of being able to understand what you bring into a relationship and how that might be unhealthy is so much work. But as we all know, a healthy friendship, even a healthy marriage is two healthy individuals. And the way that you just explained that, I think, thank you for your vulnerability, but also thank you for reminding us that it takes a lot of
2: work. It takes does. a lot of work. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, I'm in recovery at the moment. I'm in celebrate recovery with a small group of other pastors. And that for me has been something where I realized, wow, I have to choose to be authentic with the many and vulnerable with a few. My friend Irene Rollins, that's like, she always says that to me, Andy, just remember, be authentic with the many, bring your true self to the table. But be vulnerable only with a few and so there are a few people in my world that really get to see those sides of me that I'm scared to share with with other people if you will because I know that I need to recover in Christ on a daily basis. I need to not be in denial anymore, but I need to really face myself and walk it through with a group of people that are there for me to just walk it out. So I think that that's really important and that's the biggest thing in Christianity, I think where I I sometimes even get frustrated pastoring because I'm like, you guys, you have to do the work. It's not like abracadabra, like, (laughs) you know, Jesus loves you and he has come to recover all the losses in your life, but you have to walk with him and work with him in that rhythm of grace alongside him. And so that's one of the biggest things. I think, I feel like that's just like a signature over my life that the Lord just keeps reminding me, just keep owning it, own what you can apologize make amends where you can and then you got to learn to keep moving forward even if other people don't come with you but that is difficult that's a very easy line to say but it's very very painful to do
1: (laughs) it is so hard I think that you know change is so slow and I think that we would appreciate you know change being less measured and less hard won and I think that's why some people try to willpower it or try to do it for just a little bit and, you know, try to make a a little thing over here so that life can be a little bit better or a little amends over there, but never actually fix the things that are broken. And, yeah. um, you know, not that we really have the capacity outside of God and good community to make those changes <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. but I do think, you know, I, that's why people don't want to do it. it is because it takes so much time. And And nobody I think is wanting to be deeply connected to like the sacredness of slow and the the holiness (laughs) of, you know, living in the moment and the, the journey of recovery. Like these, these things are so hard and I've, I've been frustrated, I think with Christians for a long time. Um, especially religious Christians, I guess, who kind of come in and hope that, you know, I can just do these things and it's going to produce this in my life. And then if it doesn't, I'm going to be frustrated with God and with the church and with everybody around me, you know. And, yeah. and sometimes the church is frustrating, right? Like we, we all know yeah. that. We're not saying that it isn't. But I do feel like there is this ideal in people's heads that we're still, that faith is still a formula, and mm. that recovery is just this like, well, I do this and it equals that. And then I do this and it changes this. And then I do that. And then I get all the things <laughs> that I want in my life. And just yeah.
2: doesn't work that way. You know, it does. No, it doesn't. It's just continuous work. 100%. Yep. <laughs> and I think when you apply that to
0: friendship and you're thinking, but I, I did all the things that somebody just told me to do and it's not happening and they want to get to the top of the ladder without without climbing each rung on the way there they want to jump to the top and that's not real life like that's not real life it takes such introspective work before we can even connect with somebody in an authentic way where we don't want them to become everything to us or we become everything to them yeah 100 percent. so what would you say andy what what are some steps that that women can take men can take that we can take in friendship to go at this
2: with a healthy perspective well, I mean, I know I've I've belabored it, but I think the first part is always ownership um, on your own in your own life, and that's just where you can always begin. Nobody can control that. You have complete um, authority, really, to step into a place where you get to decide. Hey, I am gonna walk in healing. I'm gonna see a counselor. I'm gonna talk to somebody about this. I'm gonna choose to go to church. There's real beauty in that, um, and so we've got to understand that. But as for the creating like genuine connection with other people. I think what has been difficult about these last couple of years has been the reinforcement of isolation, right? And so I, I think what I have even noticed is very outgoing people are starting to have even social anxiety. What does it look like to break some of these barriers, to step back out again, to be vulnerable again with a group of people? And I think one of the most encouraging things for me when I realized, um, I felt like I just, uh, it was overwhelming was I went to Jesus and I went to the gospels and I looked at him and I was like, how did he do relationship? <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, he's the savior of the world, but he, even he had human limits and, I I love chapter 8. It's probably one of my favorite chapters, but it's about circles and I say no everyone cannot should not be your best friend, but I think to help with the overwhelm that maybe we feel when it comes like starting again or stepping into community or stepping into friendship, uh, there's a couple of things and the first one is just to look at Jesus and I would say he had his three, he, that he was intimate with that he brought into vulnerable spaces that he brought into the garden while you know he was sweating blood and about to go to the cross he brought them into that place where they were with him even though he was like watch and pray with me and they slept and didn't really pray with him. but still he brought them with him and in those there was many other times where he only brought those guys with him and it probably made the other nine jealous but he had the 12 and the 12 that he was on mission with those people that were still in very close relationship with him and then the 72 the community of people that he sent out that he was walking with the community of believers if you will and then obviously the multitude so i would say start to break down maybe look up cuz maybe some of you are going well i don't really i don't really have any friends i don't have anyone around me but maybe you do and i think for me that was what i was reminded of as i read through the gospels the Lord is like, lift up your eyes. You do have people in your world. You do have people that love you, but you need to do some of the work and actually reach out to them, text them, call them, leave a voice memo, ask them to come over. So I think sometimes it's just breaking that barrier of doing something that feels a little bit, like you feel a little bit afraid to do. And um, then the other thing was, and I always think of Maria Durso, who is a mentor and a mother of faith to me and she will call or text me at least, you know, once a week and leave a voice memo with her, you know, Andy, I love you. And I, she, she's just got the, the best accent, but I always look at her story and I was like, there's this woman who at childbirth, uh, you know, her mother died. Her father became an alcoholic, sent her away to a, to a nunnery to be raised where the nuns would give her alcohol and sexually abuse her and then she got saved as a heroin addict in the hippie era and then became a pastor of a church and she had no women that went first, no women that loved her, no women that believed in her, but that woman, Maria Durso, is a woman that I look up to who always goes first, who does hard things, who doesn't make excuses when she has a million to make, but has chosen to be the first one to text, the first one to gather, the first one to encourage, and she's taught me more than anything that I think a lot of times what we're doing, and I know this for myself. Um, is that I can get into this, you know, victim mentality way of thinking. I was like, no one's reaching out to me. No one loves me. You know, if we're not careful, we can go there instead of being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to text five people today. I'm going to ask them if they want to come over. I'm going to do something that feels a little bit scary to me. Uh, because I'm going to choose to go first and be the encourager and you'll start like attracts like I'm amazed (laughs) at what happens when you choose to go first so those are the two things like just look at your circles that you actually probably already have or choose to begin to create them and then choose to go first even when it's difficult and you wish somebody else would would do it first (laughs)
0: that's beautiful one of the things that comes to mind, even as I hear that, is for those of us, and I include myself in this, is like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. You know, because you're like, oh, life is so hard. We're raising kids. You know, if you got so many issues to deal with, whether it be with your kids or job or life or marriage mm-hmm. or work or what have you, and you're just like, I don't have space. I don't have margin. And in reality, we forget that this is a blessing to us. Yes, it takes investment. But we're also going to be deeply blessed. You know, it's one of the things like, oh, You know, some friends want to go out tonight. You're like, I'm too tired. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually a blessing to me. This will enrich my life. You (laughs) know, my Mm -hmm. the neurons that will fire when we're together are a blessing. (laughs) You know, like this is this is something we need, I think, so Often, I think, especially if you're in a season, if, if you happen to have maybe little kids or you just, I don't know what you're going through, but you're just beyond, right? It's just too mm-hmm. much. Everything's too much. This can feel like one more thing. I got, I've just got to be, I'm just being totally honest yes, and transparent. it does. This can just be like, oh man, this is one more thing I need to check off my to-do list. And I think when we get to that point, where we're like, wow, this feels like a to-do. We know that when even the good things feel like a chore, <laughs> there's something out of balance. And mm-hmm. when we forget that relationships, not only are we investing, there is a harvest there. There is... Um, there, there's such a blessing there and it's how we're wired, whether we admit it or not. Yeah, that is so true. (laughs)
1: It really is. And I think that that's, that's what we are all up against after the last couple of years. I mean, some people Mm -hmm. are out there listening and they are having to try again, you know, lost significant amounts of friendship or perhaps lost or had to walk away from their faith community. And people Mm -hmm. are noticing, man, I still want to be in this person's life, this family member, this friend, this coworker, but I have to have new boundaries because they're not safe in these three areas of my life. Or we're saying, man, I would is deeply wounded by a friend and now have to figure out how do I journey forward? Or it's like the same thing Tiffany just talked about where you don't, You don't have the energy to connect in the same way. And one of the things I've been saying to myself is just, you know, just that posture of grace, like in different seasons, my husband talks about how in your brain pathways, you need an exit ramp so you can get off Mm -hmm. the highway of the train of thought that your brain is on. And so my exit ramp has just been the word grace for a long time. It was the word love, but lately it's been the word grace, because I think Mm -hmm. to myself, I can't go back to, to who I was before. Mm -hmm. And I can't go back to what I had before. So God, can you give me the grace to be where I am and to build again and to let go of things and to not hold myself to a standard that's no longer feasible or that's no longer Mm -hmm. God's. And so I feel like we all just need grace to try again or to do different or to be different or to engage with others. Um, We need that fresh that fresh fall, that windfall of grace, so that we know it's going to be okay, but it's not going to be
2: easy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I love that so much. And I, I think about how, um, really the world has changed. We have changed. And now we're all starting to, to re-engage in new ways. And I think we're all still walking through some of the effects and that grace is so important. And I know, that you know when it talks about i think it's the message translation that says find your unforced rhythm of grace um i think it's in matthew where it talks about that but it's like we were dancing to a different rhythm maybe it was you know and the the rhythm of the music on planet earth in our lives has changed but we're still trying to do the same dance from last season and it's like we have we have to understand no find the new rhythm of grace and i love that ashley because i think that does give people permission to go, okay, there is something new and I can step into it and it's a new rhythm, but it is, you have to give yourself grace to try again because self-preservation is such a natural thing to want to do. And we have to like like push past to even want to step into messy, godly connection, because even if it's godly, it's still messy. and And that's what we have to realize, it's not gonna be neat and tidy. And if we're looking for that, then we're just going to be constantly disappointed. So that's where the grace comes in again. So, yeah. Even the godly is messy. Well, that's a word. Mm-hmm. That's a
0: word right there. <laughs> Woo. Uh, a- Andy, any final thoughts as, you, um, as you're launching this book into the world about friends and intimacy and vulnerability?
2: Uh, what, what would you want to encourage our why the listeners with? I just have such a hope that... We will become a people that will truly own our hearts, own where we're at, let ourselves be healed and that we'll have the courage to try again, that we'll have the courage to step out because I I look at what is on every single person that is listening to this. What's on your life is sacred and it's special and it's from God. And he needs who you are in the world. And so, and he also needs you to champion and cheer on other people that are in your world. But as long as we don't deal with our own mess, it's really hard to believe in somebody else. And so it's the tension of the both and. And that's my hope for this book. That's my hope for people that are listening uh, that we'll be able to get up again and have courage again. We'll be able to just see something beautiful happen in the midst of a lot of pain.
1: thank you for that andy i appreciate you writing this book for such a time mm-hmm. as this and we're so grateful for who you are and y'all pick this book up it would be great to to do this with a book club or to give it to friends because i don't know a person who's not navigating something that we talked about today for sure
2: come on come on <laughs> yeah.
0: awesome. thank you why the listeners for joining us on this journey and we cannot wait to see you next week. November, you guys. Can you believe it? Here we are. We're bringing you some good gifts. We're doing the work together. We're in this together. We love you and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit
1: TiffanyBloom.com.
0: To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.